Well, good morning, everyone. I'm so happy to be with you guys. I love you, and I pray for you. And we did. We just went all the way to Guatemala, and there's this precious family. Katie McComb is here. Will you just stand up, Katie? I want to honor Katie. Go ahead and stand up to your feet. This is precious Katie McComb. We love you. So honored to have her with us. So she and her, she was raised in Guatemala. You can sit back down now. <laughs> and she was actually with us on the trip, but her family has lived in Guatemala for her whole life. Her parents, Mike and Terry, moved there um, before they started having children and met there in Guatemala City. And they just had a heart for the unreached people, peoples of Guatemala specifically, but a heart for the whole world to know the Lord. And they... Um, spent time all over Guatemala, but their home and where they raised their children was in Naba, Guatemala, and it is among the people group, of the Ishio people group, and they have experienced a lot of persecution, specifically believers there over the course of time, and the Macomb family was just right up close and personal with all of it, and so they um, welcomed us into their home and then took us on different expeditions and adventures all over into the highlands to reach these different, um, what do we call them? What was the word? Uh, villages. Sorry, <laughs> I am a little tired. Um, and so to reach all of the villages of the people, and so it was so sweet because we got there and we thought, oh, this is adventurous. We're on this big bus. They call it a chicken bus to get all the way up to Nabal. And we were like, this is rugged. And then they were like, okay, well, the only way to get to these these villages is you have to get in the back of these four by four pickup trucks because the roads are so muddy and so uh, tiny that that's the only way to get there. And so we got in the back of these four by four pickup trucks that have ma they make this like iron um, that you can hold on to, but like little four-year-old Madeline, um, Banner, his, their seven-month-old, all of us were just piled into the back of these trucks, bouncing up to the mountains. But it was so sweet to be there with the people and their hunger was so evident. They love Jesus, these people, it was just, I kept thinking, it is such an honor for me to be here. It's such an honor for me to be here. We met a man who they tried to kill for the gospel. They they tried to um, murder him with, anyway, it's kind of graphic, but he has evidence of it all over his body, and he lived by the grace of God, and we got to shake his beautiful hands, and there was just so many stories, too many to tell. Did we end up with any pictures at all? Um, I don't know if we did, but we we're trying to get, yeah, we may try to show you some pictures next week, but it was just, it was epic and precious and an honor to be among the Macomb people and see the work of a lifetime, 30 years they've been there. And to be 30 years faithful to even a job in America is so rare, let alone to be among the unreached people groups of Guatemala. And so it is just an honor to know them and to have walked around and loved the people that they've laid their life down for, so... Yeah, and I'll share just a little bit as well. Um, I, I too haven't got to really process this last week, uh, but I think one thing that was super sobering about it, so among our kids, which she was you know, about seven months old to 12 years old, was kind of the span of our children, which it, it, like there'd be moments where I'm like, wow, the McComb family did this but like for 30 years. So anytime there'd be a moment, and it wasn't this like, oh, I need to you know, get with it and stop comparing, but it, it really was just a sobering, humbling moment where I'm like, this is hard. <laughs> uh, and I was like, wow, but they really have pressed on. And so I think that's where I can get a little emotional is from their end is just like the faithfulness of them. That was a big word I got for them as a family. It was just the faithfulness to God, the faithfulness to these people, but the faithfulness to like raise their children and their children. Oh, oh here we go. Here's some pictures, Ash. 
Um, so yeah, this was one of the villages we went to. The, like we do these different VBS, uh, like our interns there. There's college students from from Norman in here, and they put on these shows, and and really it was awesome. They do little projects with them, and all these children were just like receiving the gospel. I mean, like for the first time, uh, worshiping together, and that was super touching. Where these kids, probably from four years old to about ten, eight to ten. Uh, we're just being receptive, not just to us, but to the gospel, which was really awesome and exciting. Um, and so, yeah, but, but all that to say, we could share more. You should ask the Hardys and us and, and anyone, even Katie. I mean, just ask about what they're doing there and what the Lord is doing there. Um, it really is, is special. So I, I can't even talk about it anymore because I'll probably start crying soon. But um, that being said, I think that's it. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to have Ashley come back up and speak. So if y'all would uh, bow your heads with me. So Father God, we thank you for this morning. So grateful for every person in this room, Lord, that you have appointed us here for this morning. And so Lord, we just pray a blessing over Ashley and just whatever she has had in her heart and whatever she has for us today, that it would encourage us, uh, but draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, we pray pray. Amen. Okay. Oh, am I, am I on? Okay. There we go. Okay. Well, thank you all for being here. So we've been talking about Hebrews and these, I love this setup. I love being here. I love that it feels more casual and like a family and even being in the, in the churches in Guatemala, it was so sweet because it is their family. They have church all the time, like many days a week, you know, and I wanted to get to play this video for you, but when when we had a time to pray for the sick or we had a time just to prayer, like we're gonna pray now, um, I, I asked Miss Terry McComb, I said, are they singing? Because the way that they pray is this just like crying out to the Lord in this, it's like a groan, it's an utterance, you know, and it's so beautiful to see the desperation of their hearts for God and for his presence. And, um, and it felt like very natural for them just to be together. It didn't feel, um, it felt like home. It felt like a family and it felt like people who were truly hungering for God and who truly knew him. And that was just precious. And so I feel like this change in this room is helping me feel more like that, and I hope it is for you too. And the journey through Hebrews has just been so precious. I um, love how clear it is and how clearly it explains like the difference between religion and faith and that we wanna honor God and obey him because he's worth our life, but that the acts of our life, our righteousness can never save us. And it talked about that in Hebrews 10, um, verse 11. It said, day after day, Every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. And so I work with children a lot, and I always tell them, if you lived your whole life and you never made, made one bad grade, and you never punched your brother, and you never stole, and you never lied, would that be enough to get you into heaven? What's the answer? No, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through him. Our righteous acts are like filthy rags before the Lord, and filthy rags, another translation for that could be lifeless. There's no life in our righteous acts. There's only life in the blood of Jesus that covers over our sins, that is the fullness of forgiveness in Jesus. That's where it comes from, not from our own acts. And then it says, but when this priest talking about Jesus, had offered for all time, all people, all color, all nationalities, all sizes and shapes and ages, all people, 
For one sacrifice for all sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made a footstool. For by one sacrifice of Jesus Christ, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. And so he makes us holy. He makes us holy because he is holy. And that's why he commands it. But we can't do it by ourselves, you know? And so when I look at that passage of Hebrews that we've been studying, it really does just go, this is the difference between religion and faith in Christ. And so and, and so then what happens is that the, the goal isn't to have righteous actions in life. That's good, and we want that, but the goal is to be like Christ, to be made like him. And then if we love him, we'll obey him. And so to not mess up is like such a low bar. I'm going to just try not to sin. That's a really low bar. It's, a, it's, actually, it's actually a shame to live a life where I'm just trying not to sin. And I think that if that's the goal and that's what you're in and the fight and on and on and on, I'm just trying not to sin, I think there's an opportunity to go, am I truly saved? Have I truly given Jesus Christ the opportunity to cover me with his blood? Has he really, have I really been buried with him? in his crucifixion, if I've been buried with Christ and then raised to walk in newness of life, has that happened for me? Because when it does, and when you recognize Jesus as the Lord of your life, as the one who forgives, the one who paid for you, who took your place, it's the same thing. It's like, I'm here and I'm on the on the place where the jury is about to say, am I guilty? And I did it, I did it. I did the wrong thing. I murdered or I lied or I did whatever I shouldn't have done. And the whole jury's there and they're going, looking at the evidence. Yeah, she's guilty. And then Jesus comes and she, he says, I will take her place. She does not have to pay for what she has done. Who doesn't want that in this room? Who doesn't want Jesus to come and stand in front of you and say, I will take your place. I will take your place for every wrong thing that's ever been done to you or that you have done. And we need that, you guys. We, we think somehow, and after being there and seeing these people, I'm more convinced than I ever had been that we need Jesus himself to come and rescue us from our sin. And we think if we can just look good enough or have it together that somehow we'll be all right, but we can't. And true salvation is just to say, I have nothing. I have nothing, Lord. Come, set me free and fill me. And I, I remember from, for me, growing up, I always loved Jesus. I loved the sound of his name. I had little baby doll girls. They were girls, but still, I named them baby Jesus because I just wanted baby Jesus to always be close. And what little girl isn't excited that Jesus was a baby, you know, because they just love babies. And so, um, that Jesus, baby Jesus, and then I remember just loving the way I would feel in my body, in my heart, when I would sing worship songs to him. And I loved reading my Bible. I had a little cloth Bible cover with little handles and I'd carry it around and I just loved my Bible. I loved Jesus. I believed in the, in the story of the gospel. When someone told it to me, it, my heart trusted in faith that it was true. And I did good things. I loved people. I was good with my parents. I just was a normal little girl. And then I went away to college and, and, and some in my junior high years. And I remember going, but wait a minute. Like, if God created the whole earth with his words, and he went and he reached in the dust and then Adam came, how come his believers, his followers, aren't, like, really different? And I remember being 
um, at the Renaissance Festival, and I saw this man that kind of scared me. And I remember looking at him and feeling like he's, he is evil, like I see evil in him. And I could like recognize it and kind of feel it. And I thought, why aren't, why aren't the followers of Christ like recognizably powerfully good? Like, why don't you go, oh, well, that's somebody who follows Jesus. I can tell. And so I had those questions I'm asking people, and they're like, I don't know, you know? And so I was like, I, and so I get to this, like, pivotal time, my, my freshman year in high school, or college, I'm at Baylor, Sikkim, no, okay, um, and I, I was, like, there at my dorm, and I remember going, okay, maybe this just isn't real. Like, maybe if I had been born in another nation, I would believe that Allah or Buddha is God, and maybe they are. And maybe the only reason I believe all this and I love my Bible is because I was born in Texas. And that is what everyone in Texas thinks. But what if I had been born somewhere else? Maybe I've got it wrong, you know? And it was this big crisis in my faith. And I, I was, so I just like remember feeling like, I don't know, like there was like, oh, you know, that feeling bugging me. I was just like, I couldn't sit still. I was just anxious. I, I said, okay, I have to know. And I went and I left my dorm and I went and sat on these steps and I said, God, I need you to reveal yourself to me. And I said, you took a bush and you burned it in the Bible to show somebody you were there. Just set something on fire. You know, like, <laughs> I want to know you're real. Show me that you're real. And so I just, I said, one, two, three. I closed my eyes and I just waited. And it was sort of like this place of like, I want you to be true with all of my heart, but I just don't know if you are. And I met God in that moment through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it was, y'all, what was so cool is that I was expecting something to be set on fire. But what it was, the Holy Spirit met me with his peace. And who knows that you can try to create a peaceful environment. You can like light a candle. You can play some music, but your heart can still be without peace. Jesus, he's the prince of peace. He's the only one who can put peace inside of you. And in that moment, through the Holy Spirit, I received the peace of Christ and, and the fullness of it in my heart. And I was like, I, I always had the Holy Spirit had sealed me for the day of salvation. The Spirit of God dwelt in me from the moment that I trusted Jesus. But there was a, a filling that came in that moment, more of God that I hadn't experienced before, maybe recognized or allowed. I'm not sure how it works. And I think if we try to understand it, that's the first step in the wrong direction, you know? But just receiving, God, you are, you are not, you are not bound by our understanding. You are beyond what we know or can see. You're so powerful. You're before all things, and in you, all things hold together. And so he chose in that moment to fill me with his peace, and I was never the same. And so I remember I couldn't wait for my, my roommate to leave uh, my dorm room. And then I remember I would just lay there and be on my knees. I'd be crying out to the Lord. I'd be like, you're alive. Jesus, you're alive. I can't believe it. You know, it was just a recognition of his friendship. Through the presence of the Holy Spirit, I could hear his voice more clearly. I used to fall asleep or get really confused when I read the Bible. I was like, I don't know even what this is saying, you know? And I started to be able to read things with more clarity. And then, then the main thing that started happening after that experience for me and subsequent millions of other experiences where I felt the presence of God give me what I needed. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives you what you need. I started um, seeing the fruit of the Holy Spirit grow in my life. So say it with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That last one, say it again. Self-control. So who doesn't want those things in your life, you know? And so I was like this bare little nubbin of a tree with like weak, very tasteless fruit. And I started seeing as I allowed the Holy Spirit to enlarge the place of my tent, stretch me out, make me more, like more space inside of me. I started seeing the fruit of the Holy Spirit grow. Like, oh, that's a really great little patience fruit on me. And then, oh, there's another little fruit that's growing and it started getting better and sweeter and more healthy. I was becoming more healthy. And I remember self-control was hilarious. I mean, I had like zero, you know, I was like, I'm going to try to like be, I would fast. Okay. My section's fasting on Mondays all through college. We fasted on Mondays. And so I'm going to fast. And it was like 8 AM. And I like ate a half a jar of reduced fat Jif peanut butter. I was like, can't do it. You know, like I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, why can't I even control what I put in my mouth? You know, but it was because I was trying to do it in my own strength. Can we no, we can't. We can't. We have to have the Holy Spirit. We have to have Jesus. And no one had ever really talked to me about the Holy Spirit before. It sounded weird or awkward, so they didn't. But it's just such a huge part of who we are. We, without, without the Holy Spirit, we can't really know the Lord, you know? It's just, it's just the way that it is. And so I want to talk about, about John 14 for just a minute. And so this is one of my favorite passages. I've been really meditating on it. But it says in verse 1, let not your hearts be troubled. Why don't you say that real loud? Let not your hearts be troubled. Do not look to your neighbor. Tell him, let not your heart be troubled. Tell your neighbor. Don't let your, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. What I told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. And then Thomas, this is what cracks me up. Did Tom, what did Thomas say? Anybody? No, we don't. Where are you going? I don't know where you're going. Don't leave us. We need you, you know? And he, he said, we don't know. How can we know the way? And Jesus told him, say it together, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can go to the Father except through me. And so Jesus just clearly answers the question. You know the way. I am the way. I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And then he says, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you've seen him. So they hunger to know God, these disciples. And Jesus just lifting the veil and he's saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We are one. And so then Philip's still not getting it, you know, and he says, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for us. And Jesus said to him, little rebuke here, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Ouch. That's hurt. That hurts. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? And so I think we can really learn from this gentle, loving rebuke of like, hey, Let's remember we have the perfect representation of our Father in heaven, God Almighty, through the person of Jesus. And we have a book full. We have a book full of the things that he 
said and he did, how he responded, you know? And I just hope that that, I pray right now that the spirit of God would put a hunger in your heart for the word, that you wouldn't just listen to a podcast or me or some other person, but you would pick that thing up and you would read it every day and that you would go, where else can I go for you have the words of eternal life? I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna eat it up. I'm gonna eat it up, it's gonna be inside of me. Memorize it. I want you to feel challenged if like, if someone says, hey, what scripture verses do you have memorized? You're like, uh, you know, then go, man, I'm going to make it my job. I'm going to write it on my mirror in my bathroom. I'm going to put it along my car. I'm going to sing a song and let it play over and over while I'm running. I'm going to remember the word of God. I'm going to treasure it inside of my heart. Okay. Whoever has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Verse 10, do you not believe that I am the father? The father is in me. The word says, the words I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but of the Father who dwells in me and does his works. Believe me, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe it on the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father in this, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So let's talk for a second about some of the miracles that Jesus did. So shout out the first that comes to your mind. Raise Lazarus. Hope in blind eyes. Water into wine. The loaves and fish. Yes. Let me hear. Oh, it's okay. If you remember, raise your hand again. He walked on the water. He healed the leper. I couldn't hear that one. He raised from the grave. Calmed the waves. Did anybody say he had 12 friends? <laughs> That's my favorite joke. I say it a lot. Um, so there's so many miracles that he did. And then the Bible said that he will do greater things, that we will do even greater things than him. Okay, that's encouraging. I want you to be encouraged, okay? And so the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave, it dwells within us, okay? Christ in us is the hope of glory. Christ in us is the hope of glory, okay? And he talks to us about this Holy Spirit. And so I'm just gonna read this a little bit more in John um, about the Holy Spirit, 25. Okay, John 14, 25. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring your, to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you and peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. And so those are the things that the Holy Spirit does. He helps bring to remembrance the things we forget. He convicts our hearts, you guys. And I mean, how thankful are we for the conviction of the Holy Spirit? You're about to go do that thing. Oh, sometimes it feels like your tummy hurts. Sometimes it feels like you freeze. Sometimes you might not know what the conviction of the Holy Spirit feels like because maybe you're not listening. And it feels kind of muted, you know? And so pray this prayer, this dangerous prayer. Let me feel the full weight of conviction right. for my sins. And then you start going, oh my goodness. 
the fear of God, the healthy fear of God. I pray that over my children all the time. I pray it over you. I pray it over me that I wouldn't take one step outside of the will of God, not one. And so these are the precious things that the Holy Spirit gives us. Okay, so then we're going to move on to the, our, our verse from Hebrews for today. And it's Hebrews. We're, we're working through, um, do we have it up there? The Hebrews, I think it's chapter 10, verse 23. Oh yeah, here we go. And so, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful, for he who promised is faithful. And so, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Okay, what is our hope? Who is our hope? Jesus, we just talked about that. And so, we are confessing with our mouth. It says, if you haven't ever, if you ever wonder where you get all these in the Greek or whatever, and you're like, wow, you must be really smart. It's lexicon, L-E-X-I-C-O-N. And if you could put in a lexicon any of, any verse, it will translate for you in a cool little chart. Every single, like the Greek word and the different definitions and derivatives. You can see it. It's really helpful for me. And sometimes it's, anyway, just a fun way to study um, and so the, let us hold fast to hold, hold fast to hold, to, um, hold back. And then I looked through, oh, let me see this other spot. I looked through a few more, I might not have it. Oh, here we go. No, I don't have, but anyway, the, the, um, without wavering. So the confession an agreement or a confession of our hope and expectation without wavering unbending. And then I think that the, um, the hold fast one, what I loved is that it also talked about the holding fast being like the, the hull of a boat, like holding fast, it holds out the water. You know, I just thought that was so cool, especially with all this imagery of like the Queen Mary and things like that without wavering for he who promised is faithful, reliable, trustworthy. That is who he is. And so we're going to be people who choose to hold fast in Jesus. And so I want to, sorry, my papers are all confused. Okay. Um, and I, so that Christ in us is our hope of glory. We confess that. We remember that when we face temptation, when we're afraid, when we're not sure if we can trust him, we go, no, he is my hope without wavering. So I'm not going to let this thing push me aside. I'm going to stand. This is my truth. And in Christ, I'll see the miracles. If you think for a second, every one of those miracles that you saw Jesus did, those people were in a pickle. They were in an uncomfortable, terrible sometimes situation, and they needed breakthrough. And so if you, if you waver, you go, well, maybe like media will fix this. Maybe money will fix this. Maybe this will fix this. Then you start going down the wrong path. But if you stay there and you stay unwavering to the hope of Christ, you will never not get what you need. It might not always look like you hope, and I've experienced that more times than I realized, but you'll never be swayed away from the Lord if you choose to not waver in the hope of Jesus, no matter what comes, because he who promised is faithful. And so this year, or I guess this summer, I've been, I've been singing that song. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes lame to walk in the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. 
and then, you know, spring up, but we're ready to spring up. And so I've been singing that. I would just wake up in the morning and singing it. It's just dreaming that song. And I feel like the Lord is speaking that he is the river that's flowing through through us, that he opens prison doors. He sets the captives free. And that is the spirit of the living God that's in us. That's like a river. And if every morning we go, Spirit of God, fill me, I need you. I need you to remind me, convict me, empower me, and show me what's to come. Then that we are like the river, Christ in us, and we can go and see a need, and, and God will use us, you know, that it will be like a river that flows through, that opens prison doors, sets the captives free. And so as I close, I just wanted to read over you the a little bit of revelation because, you know, the, we, think, we think about this, this verse we've been reading, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who has promised us faithful. And I, I ran this half marathon when Graham was a baby. It was a bad idea, and, but I did it. And I remember thinking, he, he was just, I wasn't ready, but I don't know, I was young and zealous. And so, but I, I remember like I needed to know the next place. I needed to have my, where am I going and how far is it, you know? And if I didn't have that mind, I was just trying to like run 13 miles aimlessly. I couldn't have made it. And so our sometimes holding fast is hard. And so you have to go, where am I going even? I don't even know where I'm going. But if we all keep our eyes fixed on heaven, heaven is our home. You know, heaven is our home. That's where we're going. And Jesus is our vision. Okay. If that's the truth, then we will have ability there to run without wavering, okay? And so I'm going to read a little bit out of Revelation. Y'all don't have this, and so it's okay. I'll just read it over you. It says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither there shall be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. Because Jesus paid it all. The one who conquers will have this heritage. And I will be his God, and he will be my son. And then the angel showed me the river of the water of life that flows through us, bright as a crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, and through the middle of the street of the city, and on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit in each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything cursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads and night will be no more. They will not, they will need no light of lamp or sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. And then Jesus said, behold, I am coming soon. My recompense accompanies me to repay each for what he has done. I am the alpha and omega, the first and the last and the beginning and the end. He who testifies to these things say, 
Surely I am coming soon. Amen. So we say, come Lord Jesus. Say it. Come Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen.